We work hard at being healthier. And what we really need is better quality sleep. The new Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed intelligently senses your movements and automatically adjusts your comfort and support on both sides. This is not a bed. It's proven quality sleep. It's the biggest sale of the year where all beds are on sale. Save 50% on the new Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus special financing only for a limited time. To find your local Sleep Number store, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. This podcast is part of the Bomb Pod Media Network. They're staying in the shadows. It's called probing. Make sure things are all clear. Clear for what? For the rest of the night. You guys hear that? everybody you are listening to the confessionals a proud partner of the bomb pod media network and a proud featured show on blogtalkradio.com if you've had an encounter or a story you'd like to share with me on the show go ahead and shoot me an email my email address is the confessionals podcast at gmail.com that's the confessionals podcast at gmail.com or go to the website the confessionals podcast.com hit the connection section and you can reach me that way as well now this week's iTunes shoutouts. We are doing iTunes shoutouts. Everybody who leaves a rating and review on iTunes will get a shoutout on the following week's show. And this week we have Wagner, Nasty Pumpkin Man, Big Wood Railroader, and Pedro the Freak. Thanks, guys, for leaving that rating and review on iTunes. As always, you know, it helps the show out a ton. And it just means to me that you guys are big fans of the show, that you're willing to go out of your way on your own time and do those things. So I really appreciate it. Now, coming up here, we have the Patreon shout-out. These are people who became patrons this past week. And, man, is there a ton. And I'm very excited about that. It means there's a lot of people out there that really enjoy the show and believe in what we're doing and want to support it. And I really appreciate that, guys. So uh, without any further delay, here we go. Leslie N., Jennifer F., Luke G., John H., Christina J., Lita H., Chuck S., Lynn M., Dakota D., Lorraine M., Lori F., and Joe D. Guys, thank you very much for becoming patrons. It means a ton to me because it means that you guys actually believe in what we're doing, and I really appreciate that. So check out the Patreon page patreon.com backslash the confessionals if you'd like to become a patron and to my existing patrons on the squad and the groupies check out the patreon page for the upcoming live show the details are there check it out so tonight's show we have alicia coming on and alicia has had a dogman encounter firsthand up close and personal i had a great time sitting down talking with alicia so let's bring on alicia right after this We work 
hard at being healthier. What? And what we really need is better quality sleep. The new Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed intelligently senses your movements and automatically adjusts your comfort and support on both sides. This is not a bed. It's proven quality sleep. It's the biggest sale of the year where all beds are on sale. Save 50% on the new Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus special financing only for a limited time. To find your local Sleep Number store, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. Okay, tonight I have a great guest coming on. I have Alicia, and I reached out to Alicia through a Facebook group. Uh, I believe it was a dogman group. And uh, Alicia has a dogman encounter she'd like to share with us that kind of started when she was 13 and kind of comes into more modern day. Alicia, how are you doing today? Oh, pretty good. Great. So uh, when you and I were talking, you said that when you were 13, you had an encounter, but you, you didn't go into a whole lot of detail with that. You kind of went into the detail of what's going on nowadays, and that's kind of crazy in itself that it's still going on. So if you want, just start us off when you were 13. What happened that you saw a dog man and just kind of walk us in through that process? Okay. Um, well, when I was 13, I used to go to my grandma's house all the time. She was a farmer. And my uncle lived, they had a big, big piece of property. And my uncle lived up on a hill. And my grandma lived just down the hill in like a one of those 70s trailers. They're not the ones that actually go anywhere. Modular home, I don't know what they call it. Um, and then there's like 300 acres all around that's family land. No hunting, no nothing is allowed on it. Well, we used to work out in the fields and, you know, scoop and manure and all that. So one day we're out in the fields and there's this smell. You know, I know the smell of cow poop and pig poop and all that, but this was not that. It was so like heavy urine and dead animal. I don't even know what it was, but it was bad. And we all smelled it like right at the same time as we were walking. And my grandma had a dog named Mitzi. Mitzi never was one of those dogs that hung out with people. She was always playing and jumping around. Uh, that day, she wouldn't leave us alone. Like, she was right on us. She didn't want us to be by ourselves. So, you know, whatever. We're farmers. We don't think about stuff much. Not to mention, I'd never really heard of the Michigan dog man before, ever. And, you know, my grandma was telling us, let's go. Let's go inside. We can finish this stuff tomorrow, which for a farmer is bizarre. Farmers don't ever tell you, we'll do it tomorrow. So me and my cousin went in to the house and we did all this stuff, played board games with my grandma. So this was in 92. There was no internet. You know, my grandma had like six channels on the TV, whatever. And, you know, nighttime comes, we're going to bed. And of course I can't sleep. I've always had a hard time sleeping. My cousin Amy is like writing her boyfriend a letter again before computers. And all of a sudden there was this racket so loud. Uh, my grandma's trailer has a tin roof and it, it just exploded. And I knew exactly what it was because we'd heard it before. My grandma had a crab apple tree right next to her trailer. It was crab apples hitting the roof and I uh, I don't know if anybody's ever heard that sound of an apple hitting a tin roof yeah it's loud and 
it just exploded. Like all of a sudden, you know, you hear onesie twosies. There was like 50 or 60 that hit all at once. And of course I, you know, jumped up and I'm like, my cousin cries. She instantly cries because she's a girly girl. <laughs> and yeah, she is. <laughs> she still is. Um, so I'm shaking, you know, I'm scared because that is not normal. That isn't something that would normally happen. And I don't know why I did it, but I decided to look out the window. I like in my own head, I was telling myself not to do it, but I did it. And I pulled the curtain back just a little. Now these seventies trailers have one uh, pry window, I guess you call it. And it's almost like plastic. So there's nothing literally protecting you there. And excuse me, my grandma had a deck, a long deck that went down almost the entire side of the trailer. Um, I pulled the curtain to the side and I saw at first what I thought was like some kind of animal. But then I think about it where I live, there are no bears. There are no wolves. The biggest animal we have are small coyotes. And I've never, ever seen one around my grandma's. Uh, this was not a cow. This wasn't a bull. I know, you know, we're on a farm. Um, I just stood there. I couldn't, I couldn't process what I was seeing. So I was like, I was stuck. And my cousin looks and I just remember thinking, God, don't, don't make any noise. Just be quiet, be quiet. Well, she whimpers. She makes this bizarre whimpering noise and it turned around and oh my god it's nothing I've ever ever seen before in my life and I'm shaking right now talking about it because it's scary yeah um and it turned around and it looked right at me right into my eyes so obviously it saw me and it knew I was there and it was the weirdest thing because it kept its eyes on me and it bent down and it was picking up the crab apples. So I'm assuming that he wanted them because if a dog man's like a dog, they're omnivores. They eat meat and you know, other stuff. Right. So I just, it's the weirdest feeling to not know what to do, not to know what you're looking at. Uh, I'm 13 years old. So I don't have the best maturity at 13, you know, um, I just, my cousin started making more sounds and I finally just pushed her. I literally did not take my eyes off it. I put my hand on her shoulder and I shoved her to the side. And my uncle Lee worked at the, I think it was Ford motor company or Pontiac was one of those big three. And as I'm looking at this thing, it's starting to stand up and it just goes up, up and it takes a step toward me on its back legs, which is not normal. So I'm trying really hard to see if its front legs are on the, the deck wall or anything. And it wasn't, he was freestanding on his back legs and still I couldn't move. I just could not move. And this probably only took 20 seconds, but to me, it felt like a lifetime. 
because the eyes are like a yellowish red, the ones I saw. And I didn't know what to do. I'm thinking I'm going to die. This thing's going to jump right through this ridiculous trailer window. <clears throat> I just, you know, I, I don't even know what to say now. You're just terrified and you just stand there and stare. Well, my uncle Lee comes home. He always checks on everybody. So he's pulling in the long driveway and his headlights hit the deck. I got a split second look at exactly what it was. And that's all it took because it's like I took a picture of it in my head. I'll never forget it. And then it, you know, I guess I got startled by the light or whatever. And it jumped over the railing and took off. So I just stood there. And then suddenly, like, you know, my bearings are coming back. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, my Uncle Lee's out there. So I lean outside. I don't go way outside. I just go to the door and I push it open and I start screaming to run, run, run. So he thinks my grandma's sick because my grandma was in her 70s by then. And uh, so, he's, you know, he comes running in, which good. You can think whatever you want. I just wanted you in the house because I didn't know what was out there. And I can't speak. He gets in and I just, I do remember before, like when I pushed my cousin, she said to go get grandma. My grandma was four foot eight and probably weighed 79 pounds. Wow. What the hell is she going to do? Or what the heck is she going to do? <laughs> right. There's, that's why I never went and got her. And, you know, she had hearing aids. So I'm assuming that's why she didn't hear anything. But, Anyways, uh, he gets in the house and he's asking me what's going on. And by now I'm bawling, crying, shaking. Um, I, I don't know what to do. And, you know, grandma comes out and she's like, what's going on? And um, uh, my cousin Philip has epilepsy. I guess I was shaking so bad they thought something was wrong with me. So my uncle Lee's like, get her in the car, let's go. And I'm thinking, perfect. I want to get the heck out of here because that thing could jump right through a window, anything. And they tried to take me out the door and I'm like, no, 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 no. And I said, just pull your car up because he could pull the truck up to the deck. And, you know, I'm inside and I'm on, a, on the couch rocking back and forth. And, you know, I'm thinking, okay, he has to go out there and I hope he's okay, but I'm not leaving this house unless that truck's right next to the deck. So we all, you know, he pulls up, my cousin Amy goes out first and then I'm with my grandma and my uncle Lee comes out and I just keep yelling, run, run, run. Well, you know, my grandma's old. She's not going to run. So I just remember that feeling of, you know, I, I probably saw way too many horror movies by 13 and I'm just waiting for it to stand up behind them. So that was a tense 15 seconds, probably. Um, we get in the car. My uncle has the big dually, I think, and it has the extra seating in the back that the yeah. two seats face each other. Mm -hmm. We go to leave and I start yelling, the dog's still there. The dog's still there. And they're like, so what? I'm like, get the dog. And I was freaking out so much that they just did what I said because, you know, I'm crying and I'm, so my uncle runs in and 
Mitzi walks out and I'm screaming, you know, come on, come on, come on. We get in the car and it's a weird truck. We peel out of there and we're going. And it's a very weird silence in that car. I was thinking somebody would ask me what happened or whatever. Um, we're almost to the hospital. And I did notice my grandma and uncle kept kind of looking over at each other and nodding their heads or whatever. And again, I'm 13. I don't pick up on social cues very well at that point. Um, right before the hospital in my town is a big forest, or a big forest, a big uh, park. Big, big uh, parking lot and all that. Well, my uncle turns in there and we park. And I'm still shaking, all that crap. And my uncle turns around and says, what really happened? My grandma turned and she was crying. She had tears running down her face. I've never seen my grandma cry. My grandma was a tough farmer. You know, she may have only been like 79, 80 pounds, but she could stop a charging bull with a stick. So she was tough. And I instantly lost it again. Because that's it's hard for a kid to see somebody they think is invincible, you know, crying. Right. And uh, I just, I remember just staring at him. And my grandma said, it's okay. And it just flowed out. It just come out of my mouth. And I'm thinking, now they're going to take me to the hospital in the 5150. I'm going to the psych ward. And my grandma started crying and she said, Leland, I told you, I told you I smelled it. So apparently, and I was never told the story. I don't know what happened, but they must've encountered something before that. Wow. Because she was telling them that she smelled it and she knew it. And then we went to my house. My house was way away from the country, way away from it. And that I wanted to be as far away from any woods as I could possibly be. Um, I didn't sleep that night. You know, um, my bedroom was on the third floor, thank God. But I just kept thinking all night, you know, what was she talking about? And she wouldn't tell us. We never found out. She passed away shortly after that, and so did my uncle. Um... They wouldn't tell us what happened, but they took it so serious that my grandma was moved out of that trailer. Um, she was moved into the house with my uncle and all of the pastures and all of that stuff were, uh, re, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for. Reorganized, I guess. Cause there was a pasture that came down by my grandma's house. Well, that couldn't be there anymore. It had to go up and that's a lot of work and that's a lot of money. So they must've believed it. You know, they wouldn't have done all of that for nothing. And, you know, I, like I told people, I have proof. I still have the orders for when they started moving everything around. Um, my cousin, she'd, probably talk about it, but you'd have to wait for her to stop crying over everything first. Um, and then, well, I'll just go into, you know, fast forward a lot of years. I'm not going to say how many, because then I'll be old. <laughs> That's fine. I would like to ask you a couple of questions before we move on here. Uh, mm-hmm. So 
your grandmother, she said that she smelled it, right? That's what she she told yep. your uncle, I believe, right? She told my uncle, she, I knew I smelled it. So to me, now that I'm older, she must have smelled it before and she knew something was there. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what I, what it sounds like to me. And uh, yep. how long was she living on that property before um, the whole reorganization? I'm thinking because, oh, geez, probably oh, my grandpa died the year they moved in. So since 1982. Okay, and you said it was, what, the early 90s when it happened? It was 92. Okay, so about so 10, 10 years. 10 years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, between 82 and 92, she must have had at least something happen once for her to know the smell of it. Uh, yep. But she just refused to talk to, talk about it to you. Is that right? Yeah, she wouldn't tell anybody. And then my uncle, uh, later on, um, my mom wanted to know what happened. And I'm still kind of mad to this day because it seems like there's a big secret that nobody's talking about. Well, my mom's passed, my uncle's passed, actually everybody's passed that were that was involved. So um, I always eavesdropped because I'm nosy. So I like to listen in on what people were saying. <laughs> what kid doesn't? And Yeah, I know. <laughs> and um, my mom's like, Lee, you got to tell me what's going on, you know? And he said to my mom, um, well, you know, it scared the kids this time. It's going to have to go. See, there's another one. It's like somebody knows something. So I, I just didn't know what to think. You know, grandma's saying she's smelling it. Uncle Lee's saying it's, you know, it's scaring the kids. It's got to go. I mean, you know, in my mind, of course, it's not true. But I'm thinking, is this like a pet that they own? Or did they <laughs> I didn't know what? <laughs> What the, what to think? Because I know what I saw. The family mutated pet that they got rid of and keeps yeah, coming back. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I was a kid, I was terrified of werewolves. I saw one movie, which was American Werewolf in London. It didn't look like that, but it's that's what I thought. That's the second I saw it. That's what I thought. So, you know, I just I knew what I saw. That's what I'm trying to say. It's not like I was like, hmm, what is that? A mutated bear? Right. The second I saw it, I'm, no, oh, that's my thought. That's exactly what I thought. So well, when you saw it, and especially when your uncle pulled in and the lights hit it and you really saw a good look at it, uh, what were some of the features on this thing? I mean, did it have like a neck or was it like more? Because people, I, I come from the whole Bigfoot background initially and I really looked into that heavily. And a lot of people say that when they see a Bigfoot, that that it doesn't have a neck, but it's more like the heads are just the head is sitting on the shoulders almost, and that has really no, it, big, it, massive shoulders. What did you yeah, see? Yeah, it had a neck. It definitely had a neck. It wasn't beefy like you think Bigfoots would be. Um, thin. It was thin at the waist area. Uh, honestly, it didn't look very healthy. That's you know the first clue or the first thing I noticed. Now. Just, you know, rewind a little bit. My aunt and uncle were having trouble with rabbits going missing because they raised checker giants, which are big rabbits, you know, and all the 4-H okay. stuff. Uh, they started going missing. 
right out of the barn. So the other, the reason that I'm kind of mentioning that is it had hands. It didn't have paws. So pushing in a door or anything like that wouldn't have been an issue. Did you see the hands? Oh, yeah. Okay. It, it was leaning over picking up crab apples. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, when you see the hands, did they, did they look human, like human-like hands? Is that what you're, you're saying? Uh-ish. It, I'm trying to think how to explain it. There was fur all over it, and there were claw, it was a claw. Okay. Uh, I don't know how to explain it exactly. But it wasn't, the fingers weren't as long as a human, but it did have a thumb because it was able to pick up the crab apples. And it had some thought as to what it was doing because it shook the tree to get them down. Right. So this was not a stupid beast at all. No, not at all. I went over and over it in my mind for years. I finally had to just kind of forget it happened. And I moved to California for college. I was happy to be there. That was as far from woods as imaginable. But uh, I can't draw. <laughs> if I could draw, I would draw it out for people. But um, I went over it and over it and over it for years in my head. And I don't think I hallucinated. I know I didn't because my cousin saw it. And then my grandma was making comments and so was my uncle. Um, I didn't mistake a bear because we have no bears. I live in, it, that was in Attica, Michigan, uh, which is one town over from where I live now. And there's no bears, nothing. So I know what I saw. I just tell people that. Right. Because I know people think I'm insane, but I don't care. I know what I saw. <laughs> yeah. I, I, feel, I feel the same way you feel. I mean, if I saw something like that, it, I don't care what people think. I know what I saw. Yep. And if you don't believe me, that's just, that's up to you. You know, <laughs> I totally yeah. understand where you're coming from. Oh, I was going to say, and I know people that have claimed to see it. This is what gets me. This is how I kind of tell when people are making it up. I was mentally messed up for a while. Um, I couldn't stop thinking about it. Uh, just stuff like that. You know, my life didn't go back to normal. And a lot of these people that tell their stories, they act like, you know, it's just another day. You know, maybe it's because I was young, because I was 12 or 13. Uh, it rocked me. It made me think everything I've been told is a lie. You know, what else is real? So I just, I don't honestly think anyone could just go back to normal. There's no way. No, I, no I totally way. understand that. I mean, to be honest with you, just today I was listening to a show and they were interviewing somebody who said they saw a dog man. And this guy is back in, I think he said 78, 1978. And uh, mm -hmm. he was out with his girlfriend. This thing shook the back of their car. He thought it was his friends. He jumped out to chase his friends away, just goofing around. And he comes pretty much face to face with this thing. And he said, yep. you know, it was a very fast encounter. But, you know, he got a great look at it. And one of the things he said was that for years after that, now that girlfriend he was with is now his wife. And he said for years, his wife told him that he was never the same. Like he would get depressed. He wouldn't laugh as hard. Like he said, if yeah. it affected him for years and he actually 
became a pastor. And he said that encounter actually really pushed him into becoming a pastor. And so these, these encounters, that, exactly. Like, I, I think that these encounters that people are having with dog man or Bigfoot or different things, I, I think it affects people slightly different uh, in different ways where I don't know if I, if I saw something like that, I don't know if I would react like he reacted where it almost made him become more of a spiritual person. Um, right. You know, uh, but people react. I would, it cert- made me a scared person. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, I would not go out after dark. I still don't. Unless I absolutely have to and I'll run. And, you know, I'm 38. I'll just say it. <laughs> I run. And I'll run fast. I don't care because it scares me. And I'm, you know, I'm, this is 20 some years after the fact. Um, I will not camp in a tent. Never have, never will. Shades are shut at night. Like I've done this for years, years. You know, my, my, my fiance at the time, my husband now, he loves the woods and we had a go-kart we got for our kids. Well, we took it up North one time and he wants me to go with him. So I went with him. I didn't realize he was taking me into the woods. And we pull into the woods and he stops. And he's like, look at how beautiful it is. The whole time I'm shaking, listening for crack sounds and, you know, like branches. And of course we were up by Manistee, which is where a lot of sightings happened. We were right in that wooded area. And I finally was like, just, we have to go. We have to go. Like, I was terrified. <laughs> so yeah. then I, I told him about it. He's not a believer, but I think he, he believes me. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, absolutely. It's hard to explain that. He, he knows I wouldn't lie about it, and why would I? I didn't tell anybody this story for 20-some years. So I would not just suddenly go, oh, you know what? I saw one when I was 12 or 13. I still, honestly, I'm kind of, I can't remember if it was 12 or 13. I'm trying to think. <laughs> it's like that year, <laughs> that year of my life was like really bizarre. <clears throat> I would say so. Really messed up. Um, nope. I had to be 13 because my uncle was teaching me how to shoot and he didn't do that until we were 13. So I was 13. Okay. Well, uh, let's just take a break right now. When we come back, we're just going to get right back into the thick of things. We'll be right back. Okay, and we're back. And Alicia, you know, when you were in the trailer and you looked out the window and you saw this thing, uh, one of the things I wanted to say was you said it looked thin and looked like it was hungry or underfed. Uh, and yeah. sometimes people, again, they describe like Bigfoot in a similar way where they'll say it didn't look healthy. It looked thin or underfed. Yeah. And sometimes I wonder if these things that are out there, you know, if they're physical creatures, then, you know, they probably age like anything else would. And maybe, oh, I'm maybe like 
what you saw and what some of the other people see, they, they, they're seeing an older one that maybe can't hunt the way the rest of them do. And therefore they're doing things like eating apples off of trees, which is more risky yep. because they put them, that thing literally put itself in a position where it was going to be able to be seen. And that's probably not the goal at the end of the day, you know? Yeah, no, I don't think it is. And the other thing too is, um, he was big because, uh, the floor to the, uh, trailer and the deck were level. So whatever height I am, he is that kind of thing. And he was at least a foot, foot and a half taller than me when he stood and I'm tall. Um, so see at 13, I was probably five foot eight. So he was seven, at least seven foot, but he looked sick. It just, it was bizarre. He looked sick. He, he growled. He did do that. And, uh, just the, the thought in my mind was, I don't think he can do anything. You know, if he wanted me dead, I'd have been dead. I was standing behind a panel of glass, you know, when old seventies trailers, even those, I don't even know if there's any you know, strong stuff in the wall. Like could have just crashed through it. <clears throat> but I don't know. He was sick. I remember thinking how gross he looked. I don't know. It's bizarre. Like he was dark, but not shiny dark. I kind of put like a dog on him. Like, uh, I own Doberman. And I do that because they make me feel safer. And, you know, when your dog isn't healthy, their coat gets dull. That's, kind of the way I was seeing it now that I'm older. I mean, okay. So he just didn't look healthy. Yeah. And you know, when you're describing the height and everything, uh, I, I know exactly what you're talking about, the whole trailer height and everything. Cause I grew up in a trailer park myself. And so I know, you know, trailers, they sit on cinder blocks, they sit higher up and, uh, yep. you know, even in, in order to, in most trailers, I mean, unless you're on a hill or something, but most of the time in order to look into a window on a trailer, you have to be pretty tall just to look into the window because it sits so much higher than your typical window. And so for this thing to stand up and to be taller than you oh, while no, you're he standing. Was, he was on the deck. He was on the he deck. He was level with me. Yes. Oh, I did not realize that. I thought he, he was, was in the, the yard. Deck. No, he was on the deck. Oh my he gosh. About two feet from me. That's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> But so, when I say face to face, I'm not kidding. Oh my word! So, like, I don't. I I just missed that detail. I I I thought because I was thinking tree in yard, so it was at the tree next to the deck. It was on the deck. It was on the deck. He like so weird to say he. I don't know if it was he or she. I didn't see genitalia. So, um, he come up on the deck, and the deck was like because I did hear that. I did hear the ticking of nails. Wow. Um, but in the country, there's all kinds of sounds. So sometimes you just don't even pay attention. But um, the deck was probably uh, 15 feet long. So he walked the entire length of that. And about five feet before the end is where the tree was. So he got on the deck and like shook the tree from the deck. Wow. So, Yeah. And I never saw him again then after he jumped off it. So, and he jumped off it on two legs. He 
put his hands on the railing and like jumped over. So it's not like he was on all fours and then left over the side. It's it's weird to explain. <laughs> so when he jumped over, did he jump over like I don't know, like like I would jump over where I I would put my hands on the deck and then like jump my hip over the side, like you know, legs over and then just kind of let my hands go and it fall off to the edge. Is that kind of how it did it? Um, I'll say yes, only because when he did that, uh, the porch light wasn't really on him much because the porch light was on. That's how I got somewhat of a good look at it. But he swung his legs up, like you're saying. Like, you know, you put your hands on the side, you lift yourself up and swing your legs over. Right. That's what he did. Wow. See, that's why I say he went on two legs. That's incredible. I mean, what you describe, I I know in the dog man community, which I'm not very well ingrained into yet. uh, I know sometimes I've had conversations with people where they almost get mad if I call it a werewolf. Uh, But the whole idea of the dog man walking on two legs, it, it, what you're describing almost sounds to me like, it could have been like a man that turns into a wolf the way the, the body, it has hands and the way it moved its body. It almost seems human-like. Uh, well, that's the thing. I don't care what you call it. <laughs> um, I, I run into those people. I don't think it's a spiritual being. Um, if it's anything, it's just an animal. Okay. I really feel that way. Because uh, I stared into its eyes, you know. I'm not saying I saw a war or anything like that. It just—it's an animal, is what it is. It was very it's much an physical to you. A lot smarter than a normal animal. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Maybe I'm wrong. So when you were looking at it, you were looking at something that you thought was very much physical. It wasn't like a spiritual being. It was very much there in the physical realm. Yes, it was there. Through there. Did you think you were looking at a monster or something? I didn't know. I didn't know. Because you got to remember, I'm 13 years old. I don't have a hell of a lot of life experience. Or a heck of a right. lot of life experience. Back then. <laughs> um, I just... You know, everything runs through your head. I'm like, is this my brother being a jerk? No, he's not that tall. Like, I'm just trying to think of all of it, but... I knew what I was looking at was alive and physical. Uh, if it wasn't, it wouldn't have shook a tree and picked up apples. That kind of thing. Right. And I didn't know what I was looking at. And like I said, remember I told you werewolf went through my head because of the movies? Sure, yeah. It was scary. It was so scary. Yeah, and when, when you were... I, I still see it in my head. I, clearly. <laughs> You know, you said earlier that you you can't draw, so or else you would. Uh, I know an artist that does uh, drawings, uh, recreation drawings of what people have seen. She does a lot of uh, different Bigfoot, you know, encounters. Uh, her name is mm-hmm. Sibylla Irwin. Uh, I might be able to put you in contact with her, and she might actually be willing to uh, work with you on this if you'd ever want to oh, do that. Oh, that'd be great. That'd be great. Because I've heard people say, "Oh, it looks like." Uh, the werewolf from Van Helsing or something like that. It didn't. And okay. I've never seen anything that looked like it. That's why I've always wanted to be able to draw it, but I can't. 
Yeah, she she did a uh, recreation of a friend of mine. Actually, I just had him on the show. I think it was episode 45. He saw a uh, Sasquatch in Pennsylvania, and she did a recreation for him, and he says it's spot on what he saw. And they, they went back and forth, you know, so he described what he saw. She drew something up, and then he had her correct certain things until he was satisfied with it, and he says it's spot on. So that I can definitely – awesome. Con- yeah, I'll definitely put you two together. Um, okay, I would love that. So when you're standing in there and you're looking at this thing, you're completely frozen and your cousin's sitting there, uh, you know, whimpering and you push her away. Uh, in that moment, do you think you're frozen? You're frozen there in fear. Do you think your neglect to run away at that moment would be not knowing where that thing went? You know what I mean? Like, because I, I, I think when when I would look out the window at something like that, you know, were you just frozen in fear because you, could you just not move? Or was it something like, I don't want to take my eyes off this thing because if I run away, um, I don't know if it's going to go anywhere. Kind of a mix of both. Because, you know, I definitely I could hardly move. You know, it was just terrifying. But at the same time, I was very protective of my grandma because she's so small. Sure. And just... If I let go of that curtain, I don't know where he went. And at the end of the deck was my grandma's bedroom window. So I just, I just couldn't let it go without knowing where it was. And my uncle Lee inadvertently saved the day by just pulling in the driveway. Yeah, absolutely. He would just come and check on us at night because that's just what he did. Because my grandma was older and we were, you know, my cousin was a year older than me. And excuse me, he was just coming to make sure everybody was okay. And he probably come in and smoke a cigarette with my grandma and they'd chat a little bit. But yeah, he saved us, I think. I I don't know what would have happened. I don't even like to think about it. I really don't. I don't like thinking about what if. Because it's really unnerving. Yeah, that's understandable. When this whole thing happened and you guys leave and your grandmother and your uncle realize what happened, I, I think you described it as they they said they were going to get rid of it. Is that how you said said it? Um, you mean when my, when my mom and my uncle were talking? Yes, yeah, yeah. Cause yeah, he, yeah, he said it's got to go. That's right. That's That's what know. he said. Yeah, I don't know if he was going to try to get rid of it or because it was never talked about again. Uh, you know, he never told us anything. I I don't know. Okay, because I wasn't sure if like he had plans to go out there and kill it or if, you know, by reorganizing the property the way you described it, it was going to, you know, do the trick of getting rid of it. Uh, but I was well, just curious I- about that. It might have been the reorganizing because um, the all the crab apple and all those kind of things were right by my grandma's trailer. So I don't know because none of the big animals were ever hurt, cows and all that. But they also had this bull named Meat. This thing was mean, and I don't care how big that dog man was. Uh, he would have never got meat, never. 
so I think that he was, you know, meat kept the pasture and all that safe. So that's got to be why he was going for the apples. Yeah, because, I mean, when it comes to, like, dogs like that, I, I think predators, they, they assess things. And sometimes yeah. what they want isn't worth the price they would pay. You know what I mean? No, that's what you were saying. If he was an older one, it wouldn't be worth trying to get to one of the cows. Because meat would have, could have, even if he didn't kill him, could have hurt him. Because um, at night, you know, during when dusk was hitting, all the animals go in the barn. But I don't know if you've ever seen a barn. It's not like you lock them up with, you know, bolt locks and all that. It's like one slide bolt. And a good push will open the door. Sure. So it could have got in there if it wanted, but I'm assuming, like you said, it wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth its the possible, you know, outcome for him. Yeah, that I, that would make sense to me. You know, uh, yeah. Kind of backtracking here to when you first started telling the story, uh, you said something that just kind of perked my ear up a little bit. You mentioned about the dog coming over and wouldn't let you guys alone. Uh, do you think that? the dog was either scared or do you think the dog was trying to protect you guys or neither? You know, I was wondering that. I don't know. Um, Mitzi was not a big dog. She was like a standard poodle mixed with, she looked like a hot dog, <laughs> like a, not a wiener dog, an actual hot dog with shape. Um, I don't even know what she'd be mixed with, but she was not big. And it may have very well been because she was scared. Cause I know she smelled it because she's the one that had her nose to the ground for a while. And I just remember thinking to myself, God, how can you put your face that close to that? It was horrendous and it, it had to be pee. So I think it was marking territory. I'm assuming that's what they do. Cause if he's like a dog, that's what they do. Sure. That would make sense. Actually. And Mitzi was the only dog they had. They didn't have any other dogs this time. So. That's really interesting. I, I, your whole your whole story here is just absolutely fascinating. And once I realized that it was on the the deck itself, that just changed the whole game in my mind. Like, because <laughs> I was just thinking, because you know how people are telling you a story, and you're listening, and and you start drawing an image in your head, and I just totally missed the part where you told me that it was on the deck, and when you reaffirmed it that it just totally changed the story in my mind. I, I, all of a sudden, like I got scared just thinking about it being that close to you. I mean, if it wanted to, it could, it could easily gone after you. Come through the window. Yeah. Um, because it bent down, like it had to, well, it, it was bending down to get the apples, not bending down, crouching down because he never took his eyes off me. Um, I don't know if he was afraid of me, but he, you know, my stupid cousin starts making noise and he just shoo, looks right at me, snaps his head at me. And I just stood there and he just bent, started crouching down and he grabs the apple and he comes back up. Like he, I don't know if he's saying like, this is mine. Don't touch it. I, I don't know. But yeah, he was crouched down to to be eye level with me, he was crouched down. That's what I meant. Wow. That's, that's just incredible. That's incredible. I, I can totally, totally understand why it can be 
hard to talk about it even today because every time you have to tell the story, it's like, you know, a, a film projector in your mind and you're just rewatching everything. That's, that's yep. absolutely incredible. Um, now, and it was 26 years ago. It had been 26 years. She's, and I only started talking about it a year ago. I wow. just, I guess I didn't feel like being a, so afraid all the time because I have a, I have a uh, two-year-old grandson, you know, he's going to want to be outside and stuff. I don't want to be scared all the time. I don't want to be that grandma that's like, get in here before the sun goes down. Cause you know, when I was a kid, <laughs> you were outside all the time. Right. You know, and my dogs are a good deterrent. I don't think they could, you know, beat it up, but usually a predator will stay away from, like you said, an area that, like, I got two big Dobermen. They could put up a fight, and they probably don't want to go through that just for some small morsel. So it makes me feel a little bit safer, but I don't know. It, just, it was funny. I just remember thinking, God, I don't want to be one of those crotchety old people, always yelling at kids and stuff like that. <laughs> so... <laughs> Come back over here. <laughs> yep, exactly. Oh, I do that to him now. Like, because, like I said, we have woods behind our house, and he likes to play with the ball. And him and my husband were down in the field park kicking the ball, and he got too close to the wood line, and I started screaming at my husband, telling him not to let him go near that. I think that might have been the day that I decided I should probably do something. Cause I was like screaming at him. So there's this instant fear. The second he got too close to that wood line. Since you've been over the last year talking to people about your experience, have you found it that it's more therapeutic for you to help you work through it in your own mind? It is. It is. Um, even people that think I'm insane, it still helps because you keep that bottled up just like any emotion you keep bottled up. It's not good. And since I talk about it now, I can relive it in my head. And I know what I saw. And I know I'm not crazy. Because it's the same picture every time. You know, it's not, nothing changes. I guess what I'm trying to say. Like, I didn't, uh, it doesn't suddenly turn from, you know, black to green or whatever. It's the same thing. So I know I saw it. Right. And so with that whole thought process, uh, do you talk to your cousin anymore? Is that why you think sometimes you might, you know, might be misremembering you know or something or does she not talk we about don't it? Speak. We don't speak at all. Um, things started to go south after this happened. I think that it caused that. Honestly. Because we were pretty close. You know, she was always girly and I wasn't. Um, but, you know, still at the end of the day, we'd always come together and we'd, you know, when we were younger, we'd play with Barbies and things like that, but not, you know, we got older. But it just was never the same after. Never the same. Yeah, I can imagine, you know, a dramatic experience like that, yeah. you know, causing tension in relationships. I can't even look at her. For a, for a long time, I didn't even like to look at her. So I'm sure she felt the same way and that we weren't, we never fought, but 
that brings back everything. And it was just too soon. You know, when we were teenagers, it was just too soon. And we didn't, neither one of us told anybody because we didn't want anybody to think we were nuts. And then losing my grandma, my grandpa, and my mom, because my mom died when I was 19. My dad has been dead since I was one. Um, I was kind of an orphan, you know. I was 18 when she passed, I'm sorry. Um, 19 when grandma passed. And then Uncle Lee, he was pretty sick for a lot of years, and his memory went a long time ago. But I don't have, there's nobody else that knew about it or experienced it except her. So it's a weird feeling to know that the line's getting smaller. And I wanted somebody to know this story because it happened and you just got to be careful. You got to watch out. I mean, like I said, or you said, it could have killed me if it wanted to. But there's a lot of people that go missing and are never seen again. And why? You know, humans leave a trace of something. So I'm not saying it's all dogmen or anything, but just people need to know they're there, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. You shouldn't ignore it. So since you've been talking about this, well, actually, I should say it this way. Before you started talking about this within the last year, what was your extent of the knowledge, of your knowledge of dogman? Were you well versed in what these things were no, or not at all? Um, I knew a couple things. I mean, mainly the thing I saw was that Gables film, which it's fake and it's been proven fake, but it was on Discovery Channel or something, and I watched it and. Uh, that's kind of when I started hearing more about it. And then um, I looked into it a little bit and there's supposedly like a 10 year cycle, which oddly enough was this year was 2017. Every, every year that ends in seven, there's supposed to be around more. I have no idea why, but that's just what it said. And then um, the Michigan dog man, anyways, I don't know if it's breeding or or what it is. And then I saw an episode of Monsters and Mysteries in America, I think it was. And the guy was telling his story. Uh, He was a tow truck driver. He was going to repo a car. And apparently he ran into it. And there was another guy that picked up dead animals off the side of the road. And... Something jumped in the back of his truck, and he looked and saw it. Those towns are maybe 20 minutes from my where I was when I was a kid. I started looking because I'm like, I'm not the only one that saw something. And because nobody talks about it, that's another thing. People are afraid to talk about it, and nobody talks about it. So, yeah, I knew nothing. I was afraid to talk about it. But once I realized I wasn't the only one out there... I felt a little better. Yeah, I'm sure that helps a lot once you realize that you're not the only one who has seen it. Uh, Let's just take a break right now. When we come back, we'll get right back into it with Alicia.
Okay, we're back. Now, Alicia, I know because you've experienced this, you know that there's other people that have not wanted to talk about this, but uh, you sympathize with them. So have you had a chance to actually sit down and talk with any of these people that have experienced this like you have? Yes, I have. I helped out my friend with his YouTube channel. And he actually recommends me to people that are like that because he's never seen anything. Dogman wise. Um, then people will contact him and, you know, start talking about it, but say, I don't really know if I want to say it out loud because people think I'm crazy and he'll give them, you know, my email information or whatever. And then it's been really neat. It's like I get to counsel people. It's really cool. And then people with kids, they always come to me if the kids see it because I was so young. And I remember all the emotions and all the fear and all that. And it's different when you're a kid versus when you're an adult. When you're a kid, you can't, you don't even know what you're looking at and you can't process anything. You know, I didn't even uh, realize that at that age, there are bear in Michigan, but it's like way hundreds and hundreds of miles from where we are. But I didn't even know that at that age. I thought there were none around here. So that's why I said, oh, bear? Nope, we don't have bear in Michigan. See, that's the thing is it's, as a kid, you don't realize everything that you would as an adult. So kids need a different, you know, avenue to talk. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Well, that's really cool that you're able to talk with different people and almost counsel them, you know, as an experiencer yourself, it kind of gives you more of a uh, understanding than just somebody like myself. I mean, I, I talk to a lot of people about a lot of different experiences they've had. But you know, I can't relate personally to everybody else's experiences like you can when it comes to dog man. So the fact that you recognize that and utilize your own experience as a way to help other people, I really think that's really, really cool. That's awesome that you do that. Moving on here, you started talking about it a little bit earlier. Uh, why don't you walk us into kind of what has happened since this initial encounter around that area? I know if things are happening now into current times. So if you could just start walking us into, you know, how things developed since you were 13. Oh, um, you mean now? What's happening now? Right, right. Now on the property and stuff. Um, what What happened was... Uh, same thing. I was talking to Matt, the one that has the YouTube channel, and I offered to go back to my grandma's property to take pictures because the trailer's still there. Um, it's all, you know, it's old and dilapidated, but it's there. So I said, okay, well, you know, I'll go over there and take some pictures. I took my husband, my dogs, all that. And uh, I'm trying to think what month that was. I believe it was June, May or June. And, uh, I come home and, and all that, and everything's fine. And Matt gets a hold of me one day and says, there's something weird in your picture. I was like, oh, really? <laughs> so his wife looks at it, and they're seeing like a canine head, which I, I didn't see it. I'm not making fun of anybody, but I just didn't see it. <laughs> and uh, I think right when it started getting cold around here, we started having issues with Howling, I guess would be the word. Um, my little boy, who's 14, comes in my bedroom one night. And he's like, Mom, Mom, come here, get in here. I'm like, oh, okay. And then 
my daughter, you know, she's 28. She wanted to know what we were doing. So she came with us. Out in the field behind our house, it was so loud. And it sounded like a walrus. Like the... That sound a walrus makes when it's getting pissed off or whatever. It's like guttural. But it still had a canine sound to it. It's it's hard to explain because it wasn't it didn't sound like a regular howl. And I'm just like, what the heck? So I started checking to see if there were any coyote sightings or anything. Because we do have small coyotes, but this couldn't have been a small animal the way it sounded. So and there was nothing. <laughs> uh that went on for a couple nights, and then uh, my dog started going crazy at the wood line, and then the smell started. This was a different smell than when I was a kid, but it was still rancid. And a guy that my, we were selling snow tires for a car, and this guy had come over to look at them, and I'm outside with him, and all of a sudden, this smell just wafts us right in the face. And I gagged and he's like, what is that? I was so embarrassed. I mean, I just didn't know what it was. And I don't want people to think my house smells like that. Right. So I still have proof of that because I have the conversation between me and the guy where I'm like, I am so sorry. I have no idea what that smell was because he smelled it. So, um, and then uh, I started to get upset. Because it's starting to piece together. I don't want to deal with this again, you know. And I'm thinking, did I screw up by going back there? Because the woods that I saw my original one in connect to my house now. So I'm probably not the same one, I'm assuming. But it just kind of was bizarre. Because the woods that are behind my house here travel along. I live one town over from where my original sighting happened. So you just travel right through the woods. And if you walked far enough, you'd run right into my, my family farm. So that's why I was like, uh, God, did I not, I shouldn't have gone back there. I shouldn't have, you know, whatever. And then last week, week and a half ago, um, well, well, I was getting upset, and my neighbor offered to go and check things out for us. And my neighbor is this military, not afraid of anything, whatever guy. And he says, he's not telling me much, but he's telling me to keep my dog away from the woods. So I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, I did tell him what I thought it was, and I enjoyed the fact that he didn't call me insane. So thank God he's open-minded. Um, he comes up sometimes to have a beer with my husband or, you know, what have you. And one night he was coming up the hill because we live kind of on the hill. Um, he got about halfway up and he heard something hit the ground behind him, like something landing. He turns around and, uh, it's a wooded area, so it's really dark, but he can see the tree branch still moving, like something come off of it. He said that he just started backing up because he still couldn't really see what it was. And he saw like that breath, you know, and you you see your own breath. Right. He heard a weird sound and saw that breath. And he said, I, I just went, he turned around and booked it up the hill. 
and he could still hear crunching behind him. And the next thing I know, because I'm not knowing what's going on, my door swings open. And he comes flying in, landing on the floor, and then slams the door, you know, with his feet. And I was, you know, what's going on? What's going on? And he said, chase me up the hill, call the police, blah, blah, blah. So we had the police out here. I have that. I mean, something's going on around here, and we don't know what it is. When did that happen? Last week? Um, I think it was right, right after Christmas. Okay. So it was, what, two weeks ago? Uh, that this happened and the person that it happened to, if you, if I remember correctly, you said is, is a neighbor. Yep. He's our neighbor. We don't have a lot of neighbors around here because it's kind of country and it's my neighbor, Dan. So does Dan know what you've seen when you were a kid, what you think this is? I told him everything. And he, and he, that's right. Cause he said that you told me that he, uh, he didn't think you were crazy at all for that. Nope, he didn't. So either he believes in it or he is polite <laughs> or he has an open mind. I don't know which it is, but after that, getting chased up the hill, he doesn't want to go back out in the woods. Oh, we were going to do trail cameras. He doesn't want to do that now. So something scared him. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean... Something definitely scared him. And was was he walking when this happened or was he in a vehicle? walking. Jeez. I can't imagine yeah. that feeling. Cause Dan's not afraid of anything. You know, he's one of those dudes like, you know, he'd like to lock him in a room in the dark with a grizzly bear. He's not worried about it, but I don't think he's like that anymore. Wow. That's yeah. That's wow. gotta be scary. <laughs> uh, so he comes running in the house, throws the door behind him, tells you what happened. Uh, yeah. and that was just two weeks ago. Has has there been has there been anything going on before that incident that would lead you to believe that this is starting to starting up on your property now? I mean, it really is pretty close to where you had your encounter. You go back and you know you're there, and you. I guess that's what I'm asking: is you really feel like maybe by you going back there, you kind of prompted something? Is that what you're thinking? I don't know. I thought that, but a lot of people are telling me, no, no, it's not that. But they're few and far between, you know. Uh, what's the chances of two in my lifetime? You know what I mean? Well, I, I, I know what you mean, but, you know, if, if they're prevalent in that area and the fact that, yeah. you know, Michigan Dogman is, you know, an actual topic of discussion. I mean, it's not like... Yeah. I, I mean, they, for instance, I'm in Pennsylvania and people say that they're starting to see these things around Pennsylvania and it's actually starting to become a topic of conversation. Uh, but in, up until, I don't know, 10 years ago, probably less than that, you know, it really wasn't talked about. Michigan Dogman oh, okay. is something that's been talked about a lot. And so I don't know. I mean, I'm not trying to scare you, obviously. I'm just saying, you no, know, no. May, maybe, maybe there is something going on with that area with these dogmen that... Well, I wanted to mention this too. I was listening. I listened to stories while I clean and stuff like that. I was listening to a YouTuber who does, you know, uh, scary stories that people submit to him. And the very first one was about a dog man. And I'm just listening. And they said it happened the second week of December, 2017. He then gives the area he lives 
right by me. That wow. is not a coincidence. And I believe I shared that with you, correct? Yes. You need to go listen to it? Yes. Okay, so you, it's there. I'm not making that up. Um, oh. That seems weird to me. So maybe I'm not losing my mind over here, you know? Right. No, I absolutely... Um, I don't think that's a coincidence at all. That's actually, for me, if I was looking at it, I would say that's more confirmation, uh, that would lead to, you know, confirming my suspicions. Uh, when I, when I heard the story, I actually got excited. It was so bizarre. Like I'm listening to it and he says the town that he's in, and then he gives a description of where his grandma lives. The he said there was a paved road and a dirt road. My house is on the paved road he's talking about. Wow. I know the corner store he's talking about. And like, I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And I'm, you know, I'm getting a hold of my friend Matt and I'm like, you're not going to believe this. And I sent it to him and I'm like, I knew it. I'm not going insane. You're somebody that lives, you know, across the woods. The next town is across the woods, Emmett. So, Come on, you know, <laughs> I don't know how much more confirmation I can get. Yeah, seriously. I mean, side note, if I were you, I would reach out to that YouTuber and let them know who you I are. Did. Oh, you did. Okay, perfect. We did. Awesome. Um, he said that people just kind of submit stories, but he's really trying to find out who it is for me. That's great. Because uh, if you could yeah. connect with that person and start... Mm-hmm. You see, I get very ambitious when I hear things like this, and my mind automatically starts running to, let's start mapping out these sightings, and let's get a team together and start really working at this. Yeah. You know, is that what you're thinking? That was the first thing I did, was I listened to it, and I immediately stopped it, and I don't want to say names. I don't know if I'm supposed to, but... That's fine. Um, I It's darkness prevails. Okay. I instantly stopped it, got on his YouTube or got on his Facebook and messaged him. And I'm like, I need you to get a hold of me. Um, it's a long story, but, you know, I live right by this guy, and I saw it, and I just kind of went on. And he got back to me the next day, and I told him that my friend, which was Matt, and he has dead man talking, um, they were talking to each other because Matt can get a hold of them a little easier than I can. So now all three of us are involved in this, trying to figure out who this person is. Wow. So we'll have it eventually. And there are a couple people that really want to come up to my property and stuff and do an investigation. They're like a group. That's, I mean, if if you're fine with that, uh, I mean, I would definitely be interested in hearing what they come up with, uh, you know, because... I just don't know if, I mean, let me ask you this question. By having people mm-hmm. come up to your property to investigate things, does it cross your mind at all that you'd be rallying something up, at disturbing, you Kinda. know? Yeah. It does because of what happened to my neighbor. Right. So it's like, uh, and I have to get uh, permission from the field owner behind me. We don't own that. Okay. We don't own the field behind us this time. That's not my family's land. So, but yeah, I'm not answering them too quickly because I just don't want trouble. I'm kind of hoping it'll go, you know, I don't I, know what else you do. 
I would suggest when it comes to dealing with researchers of any topic, um, always make sure that it's on your terms. Uh, I, yeah. I have a group called Pennsylvania Sasquatch Research, and that's kind of how I started this whole thing. You know, I was really fascinated by Bigfoot you know, a few years back. And one thing that I've learned throughout this whole process of learning the Bigfoot community is that researchers can tend to get very pushy when they want to do something. Yeah. And they, it's almost like they're pushing you to say, yes, come on over. Uh, I would highly suggest that you stand your ground. Don't let anybody push you around and only let somebody come over when you feel comfortable with them and trust that they're not going to abuse the situation. You know what I mean? Well, I'm definitely not going to let them push me because of what, what else happened here. What After else? the incident with my neighbor, my doors are getting ripped to pieces. How so? Um, I think I sent you that picture, didn't I? The no, you never. Sent, no, you never sent me the picture. Oh, um, I have a screen door that is shredded. The screen part is totally shredded and ripped, like it's broken now off of the the arm thing that closes it. It's just ripped off. I'll send you the picture. Then I have a video of my other door on another part of the house, which the knob was stripped. Like it was locked and somebody grabbed a hold of it and turned as hard as they could. Wow. That happened right after the whole thing with my neighbor. So these things are happening within the last two weeks. Yes. Yep. Wow. And the screen, you can see it's a claw mark. And it's not my dog's because I can take a picture of it too to show you. Um, when you step out my back door, it's like a six inch drop off. They're not tall enough to reach it with that six inch drop off. Because it's halfway up the screen, which is all the way at the top of the door. I mean, I have big dogs, but not that big. So I'll send you the pictures as soon as we're done here. You can look at them. I've been trying to document everything. Yeah, it's probably best. So let's just take a break right yeah. now. When we come back, let's uh, dive into a little bit of more of your psyche behind some of the things that are going on on your property right now. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back with Alicia and Alicia with all this stuff going on so currently uh, what are you feeling right now because if it was me I would feel incredibly anxious every time the sun went down um, I just had to let my dogs out and I actually stood behind the door um, I closed the blind and I stood behind it so I couldn't see out that door is broken so the outside door so I don't have to push it. It's laying against the side of the house. So they can just run out, run in. I don't look. I can, if I can avoid looking outside, I do. And then when we started talking, I come into my husband's office. First thing I did was close the blinds from the windows. I just, I can't deal with it. I can't look outside. And since all of it amped up, I don't go outside at night. So it's wow. like... It's almost, uh, I'm not leaving. 
because damn it, I'm not leaving my house. We have our guns. You know, I have a handgun. I'm trained to use it, trained to use, you know, uh, my husband's got a Benelli shotgun. We're trained with them because I grew up shooting. <clears throat> I'm just not going to go away. You know, it's not fair. It's kind of how I feel about it. It's not fair. And I'm not leaving. And that's my grandma and uncle were the same way. You know, they're not, they weren't going to leave their property. It's theirs. And they worked hard for it, just like I did. So, I don't know. I guess I'm stubborn, mixed with anxious and all that. I'm just doing everything I can to keep everybody safe. Nobody goes outside at night, all that kind of stuff. You know, our door, our garage door, you come in, you shut it, then you get out of your car. Like, we've tried everything. And I'm hoping that it'll get bored and go away. Because I don't know what else to do. That's why, like you said, I'm not really, I don't want anybody to come here. I don't want to give it another reason. And I don't know if it's coming at my house because that's where my neighbor ran into. You know what I mean? Yeah. If he thinks he's here, I I don't know. But over the last seven or eight days, nothing's happened. Until last night. What happened last night? And I... um, I was closing blinds like I always do or curtains. And I looked over at my male Doberman Nimitz and he's doing like a low grumble with his ears pinned back, looking past me out the window. So I'm like, okay. And I just grabbed my phone and started snapping pictures and then I shut it. Um, I sent the picture to my friend who can do filters and all that. I have a table that sits outside, like on the deck. There's something under it. You can see the eyes and everything. I'm hoping that it's just a lens flare or whatever, because that way I can say nothing's happened in almost a week or over a week. So I'm just kind of letting people look and be the judge, because I would love to say it's not real. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Because then I can hope that it's going away. Wow. Uh, I would be interested in seeing uh, any pictures you're willing to share with me. Um, I'll send them all to you. <laughs> that's, I mean, I, I honestly, it's almost hard for me to even think of what to say right now because most of the time I'm talking to people and they're telling me a story that happened. Like you started with a third, you were 13 years old. Um, mm-hmm. to the fact that it's happening as of recently as last night, that's, I mean, I'm the kind of person I wish I, I always want to try to comfort other people in a situation. And I, I don't even know what to tell you, uh, with your, oh, yeah. no, it's, I don't fault you for it. I don't think any less of you because it's not <laughs> easy. You know, it's w- not, I don't know what to tell myself. <laughs> sure. I, I totally get it. Uh, you know, you said earlier that your husband, you don't think he believes or whatever. Uh, what are his thoughts on what's been happening in the last two weeks of the property? Um, he either doesn't talk about it or says it's, you know, uh, the coyotes were the ones howling. Eh, they were not. That was not a coyote. But I don't argue with him. It's not worth it. It's not worth an argument. You know, it, he's not trying to change my beliefs, so I'm not going to try to change his. You know what I mean? We just kind of, yeah. So I, I sometimes think maybe he does believe, but he's scared. Cause it's scary for sure. Absolutely. It is, it is scary. 
And again, in my mind, it's because what else is actually out there? That's where I got scared. That was my biggest thing was I just saw, I just saw a werewolf. What else is out there? Like, that's my thought. Dog man, werewolf, whatever you want to call it. But that's, that was my thought at the time when I was young. So. Yeah. (laughs) No, I absolutely get it. You know, you, you said that you, you know, close the blinds. You're scared to look out the windows at night and stuff. You know, I, I do actually understand that because, uh, I think it was on episode three, uh, me and my wife did an episode together and we shared some stories from our own personal lives, uh, more Mm -hmm. haunting stories. And, you know, we ended the show with a story that happened for, to both of us at the same time. And it was kind of like a progression throughout the night. And, uh, it, the end, at the end of the night, it ended with me at my college by myself talking to another guy about what happened that night. And I looked Uh out the window and I saw two eyes looking at me through the window. And after that situation, I was scared to death to look out the window at night. And to this day, I'm not necessarily scared to look out the window anymore. I've kind of, you know, over time, it's just kind of gone away. But out of habit now, my wife will vouch for me to this day at nighttime when it's dark out, I walk around the house and I just close the blinds. And it's not like I'm scared. I just, I feel like I'm in a fishbowl and everybody can see me. Exactly. So, I mean, that's just like, you know, I kind of understand how you feel. I mean, obviously I didn't see a dog, man, you know, like I just saw two eyes looking at me. Something was looking at you and human eyes don't reflect like that. So what was it? Right. And especially after the whole evening that we went through, uh, I tend to mm-hmm. believe it was some kind of uh, evil spirit, demo- demonic right. of some sort. Um, and I have, um, I have some history with that kind of stuff because of what I went to college for. But that's a whole other show. <laughs> is it? What did you go to college for? Paranormal psychology. Wow. You know, I, that's I, actually, I think my experience when I was young is what got me into that because I did... But you know what? Uh, back when I was younger, they didn't. There wasn't much about it. There really wasn't. It's because they do fall under the blanket of paranormal. But in my classes, it was definitely spirits and things like that. It didn't have any cryptids. I should have, you know, realized that. I didn't but even know that was a, a course of study. It is a course of study. That's incredible. So. You were, I mean, when you were going to college and you were studying this, I'm assuming you were surrounded by people who actually give credence to the paranormal side of life. Yep. But you know what? There were so many people there that didn't. They were skeptics and they wanted to be on the scientific side of debunking everything. So they went to learn how to debunk. How to, yep. Wow. Seems like a waste of money to me. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Unfortunately, it was a total waste of money for me, too, because uh, what job am I going to get? <laughs> That's, yeah. I didn't think about that stuff. <laughs> I did not think about that. Well, hey, you, you, you're able to talk about these kind of things on the Confessionals podcast. <laughs> exactly, yes. <laughs> That's what I spent all that money for. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> So, I mean, you mentioned it. Uh, is, have, were there any, you know, paranormal experiences you had while you were at college? Not there. No. Like, um, 
I lived in San Francisco. I went to San Francisco State. There is a town by San Francisco called Coma. There are more dead people than alive people in that town. That's their, like, slogan. And I did have one thing happen. Um, We went to the graveyard where Wyatt Earp is buried because he's buried in Coma. Okay. Um, We were in there, and we were doing our EVPs. That's what it was. And I got the voice of a little boy, and I I swear it's Irish because of the way he talked. Because over there, they're... Their uh, graveyards are separated by, like, uh, there's an Irish Catholic one, a Chinese Catholic, you know, kind of like that. That's how it was. They don't do that anymore, but that's how it was. And I heard a little boy say, I'd like to find me stowin." Wow. That sounds Irish to me. And I know I still have that somewhere. Holy and I think cow. he said, I'd like to find my stone. And he said, I'd like to find me stowin." Oh, wow. So, and years and years ago, I gave it to my friend Jim, who runs a website, so he could put it up on his. So, I could probably find it on his. It's called ghoststudy.com. Ghoststudy.com. Interesting. I'll have to check that that website out. So, I've had a lifetime of weird. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think a lot of people have a lot of weird in their life, and either they block it out, they don't know how to talk about it, or they just choose to pretend it's not there, you know, like it's just, yeah. you know, we don't talk about it. That's it. Uh, I've, I've t- it's funny because when I first started the show, nobody knew really that I was into these kind of things. And it's only until the last like two years that everybody in my everyday life knows what I do. And right. my, when I started my show back in January of 2017, a lot of people started coming out of the woodwork saying, Hey, uh, you know, I saw something when I was a kid and I had so many people in just in my everyday life sharing, you know, ghost stories, UFOs. And and it's like people don't talk about these things until there's somebody to actually talk to about it. And so that's why, you know, I do my show because I'm just presenting that platform for people to come forward and just share what they've experienced. Because if you share it, there's going to be 10 other people out there to listen that like, yes, I've experienced that. I want to talk about it. You know what I mean? Well, I think what you're doing is amazing because it is, it does help. And you're giving people a platform, like you said, to talk about it because I think maybe I just wasn't ready when I was younger to talk about it. Cause it was still too soon, too close, all that. Um, but I wonder sometimes if I would have, when I was, maybe 16 or 17, if my life would have been different, if I wouldn't have all the fears I have. So, but you know, back when I was that age, we had nothing. We didn't have podcasts. We didn't have the internet like we have. Right. Um, I couldn't reach out to my friend, Matt, who lives in England. I couldn't, you know, talk to him about it. And so what you're doing is amazing. And I, I hope people come forward and talk. Well, I really appreciate that. I'd love that. to get more people saying, I believe you, than people saying you're insane. Cause that, uh, people that do that keep people like me quiet. I totally get that. Absolutely yeah. get that. Because even when I was a kid and stuff like just totally unparanormal related and stuff, you know, when you're a kid, it's, it's the same thing. You will, when you're in school, and you're sitting in a classroom of 20, 25, 30 students, one teacher, and the teacher says, does everybody get this? 
and nobody raises their hand, but you don't get it. You don't raise your hand because you don't want to be that one person that raises their hand, holds yep. up the class, and you feel stupid then, not knowing that there's yep. five to 10 other kids in the classroom in the same boat that you're in. And that's exactly yep, what you're talking exactly about. Yep. And then, um, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm kind of helping Matt with his stuff. Well, there's always going to be mean people. There's nothing to do about it. And sure. to a degree, it doesn't bother me anymore. But um, I just wish, you know, I was taught if you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything. Why do you feel the need to say hurtful things? Because people that have experiences like this that are finally ready to talk, they're sensitive. Even a small comment that you don't think would bother them does because they're going to shut up. They don't want to deal with it. They don't want to be called crazy again. So I don't think those people, even if they're just joking, understand the damage they do. I agree. And they're, they're doing damage. And I think it's a lot because people initially, those people, I think, just do not believe that these kind of things are possible uh, or they do believe it's possible and it scares them. So they just want to, you know, diminish anybody who's willing to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think there's a, well, you would know, I mean, paranormal psychology, I think there's a whole psychology behind it uh, that yep, is, is very interesting. There is like, uh, like you said, with that, that analogy of a student not understanding something is perfect. It's human nature to not want to stick out. You know, you don't want to be the odd man out. And somebody would rather lie than out themselves as being different. And right. that's sad. But it's it's what happens. So your show, I think, is helping people finally say, I'm not going to, I don't care what people think. I'm just going to have to say it because it'll make me feel better. Yeah, I, have, I absolutely and agree with you. And the fact that you're not judging them uh, is another thing that's helping them. So just keep doing what you're doing. For sure. I will. I mean, that's the whole premise. I I reserve myself judgment free. Of course, I have my own opinions on different things. I have my own thoughts, but oh, yeah. I'm very open-minded to hear what other people think. Uh, there's been several times in the last year that I've changed my, my thoughts on certain things just by listening to other people share their stories and I start connecting dots in a different way. I'm thinking, huh, never thought about it that way. And so, yeah. I mean, I'm learning as much as anybody else is, uh, you know, I, kind of backtracking a little bit to, you know, recent events on your property. You said the police had come out. Uh, yep. Did they investigate the property at all? I'm assuming they were thinking it was a person. Well, we didn't tell <laughs> We said it was a person. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, it's hard to explain why, but, you know, we wanted somebody to at least look. And if we said what we thought it was, they'd leave. For sure. You know? Um, so I, I was in tears basically, and I did beg them not to go in the woods because I don't want them getting hurt either, but it's like, I didn't, I didn't really want to call. It was my neighbor that wanted to call and they did check. They didn't go in the woods. Um, the one guy, we're a small town and one of our cops always has his canine with him and it's a. Sherman Shepard, uh, he had that with him. They just walked the line. 
the line, like where the field and the woods are. And unfortunately, they didn't see anything. And then my neighbor was like, oh, there's probably prints out there. Unfortunately, the next day, there was just too many. Too many human and dog. You couldn't tell. Okay. And then two days later, it snowed again. So this is not the opportune time to try to do that. It would be interesting, though. I mean, because it's happening so, you know, currently, if it does snow and you have activity, if you could find prints the next day or something, uh, you know, it, it just it would be interesting if you uh, if you come across. It. I'm not asking you to go look for the, for things or go into the woods, uh, but you know, well, I'll go out during the day. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I guess everything's well, I pretty much happened at night, right? Yeah, and you know, I think that it's they do that by design. They don't want to be seen. You know, it's uh, if they're seen, that could be their life, and they know that. So they always hide and kind of, like I said, something was under the table last night, or at least it looked like it in the picture. So right, it, he wasn't right out in the open or anything. Wow. Well, yeah. I would say if you could keep me posted as to things developing, hopefully nothing else has happened. I mean, after tonight, we're done talking. Hopefully you never have to consider emailing me saying something else has happened. But if it has, I would really appreciate if you uh, would keep me in the loop on this because I am like on the edge of my seat with this because it, it is a current thing and it's such a, a vivid thing for you because you've seen it when you were a kid and now these things are happening around the property. Um, when you were a kid and you looked at this thing, inside what did you feel because there's a lot of times that people say in fact i think and i know you're gonna you're you're gonna agree with me because you've heard this too i'm sure a lot of people describe <laughs> these things as evil is that how you felt no i didn't it's and i've said this million times i didn't feel that it was evil it to me it just felt like an animal trying to find food Right. That kind of thing, you know? I mean, I was scared because I've never seen eyes like that before. They were like a reddish yellow. And I think that may be where some people say the evil. Because they're really, it's like an amber color. It's a bizarre kind of color. But also, people watch movies with werewolves and things like that. Um, they probably in their head say it's evil because of seeing those movies, I think. Now, when I saw it, I was terrified and I couldn't, you know, move or hardly breathe and all that. But I did, like I said, it was just an animal. And I just, I tried really hard to stay as still as I could. So really the only thing going through my mind was, because I was about to pee my pants, I didn't want to do that. Like <laughs> it was just, I don't know, it's hard to explain, but I didn't feel evil. I didn't. And I know I'm a rare one because I've heard a lot of people say that. But I have sure. heard some people say exactly what I'm saying. It's just some kind of animal, not spiritual, not ghostly, not anything like that. It was a physical thing. Yeah. So. And, you know, it's it's funny how the two 
different subjects of Bigfoot and Dogman parallel in certain things because, you know, you hear that a lot with Bigfoot stuff too, how people were just totally consumed with fear and they thought this thing wanted to destroy them. And then you have other people who feel like, well, actually you have other people on the total other end of the spectrum feeling like these things want to be friends with them. But uh, then there's other people that think that, you know, I saw it, it was a natural creature. I wasn't necessarily filled with fear of something yeah. evil. It was just, they, they viewed it as just, this is a very odd animal that I'm seeing right that's now. That's where I am. Okay. I'm kind of there. And I can't say for everybody, but I do really think some people judge what they're seeing based on movies, things they've heard. Because your mind, when you're scared, doesn't immediately think properly. So they're probably seeing it and equating it to a werewolf movie. And what are werewolves in movies? They're evil. Right. They just want to kill. They're bloodthirsty. That's just, that's my thoughts on it. But you know what? I could be wrong. But that was just the way I felt. And I'm telling you, I was no more than two feet from this thing. That's incredible. That's absolutely incredible. I I was full of fear. (laughs) I didn't see evil, but I was definitely scared. Yeah, no doubt. Well, Alicia, I really appreciate you coming on tonight and sharing your stories and even current events, actually. Uh, And like I said earlier, if anything happens after tonight, I would really greatly appreciate an update, just so I know. Oh, absolutely. Well, I I really appreciate that. And uh, have a good night. You too. Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And uh, again, thank you very much to all the patrons who signed up this past week and all the existing patrons. Uh, You guys know I've been in communication with you. I appreciate you very, very much. And uh, thanks a lot. If you're interested in becoming a patron, go to patreon.com backslash the confessionals. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com backslash the confessionals. And just a side note, I have been getting a lot of emails from people that are asking me for advice on how to start a podcast or how to better prepare their podcast and just a lot of details and things like that. So I decided I'm going to start doing uh, some side consultations for people who are interested in the podcasting game. So if that's you and you'd like to set up a time to do a consultation with me, feel free to email me at the confessionals podcast at gmail.com. That's the confessionals podcast at gmail.com. And we can arrange a time and I can give you the details on how this consultation will work. So if that's you, get a hold of me. I look forward to talking to you and to everybody else. I hope you have a great week. Stay safe, take care, and I'll see you right here next week on The Confessionals. It's a hit when the Neptune's and the doggy dog finna spit. You know he's in tune with the season. Come here, baby, tell me why you leaving. I'm wearing Cuban lips, yeah. designer mix, yeah. Inglewood's finest shoes. Woo-hoo.
Yeah. 